So welcome back to another Impact Sessions podcast with me, Nick Bramley. I've got a great guest today. Today's guest is Martin Bennett. He's Managing Director of a company called REIT Yorkshire Food. Uh, we've called this podcast Changing Your Life, One Jar of Jam or Chutney at a Time. So here to explore what that's all about. Welcome to the podcast, Martin. Thank you, Nick. Good morning, sir. Good to see you, and uh, good to see your branding behind. For those who are watching it on video, he's dropped his branding in behind him, which is excellent to see. Um, we'll start with that, shall we? Reet Yorkshire Food, first of all, absolutely brilliant name. Thank you. I mean, I'd like to explore the backstory, really, as, to, as we go through the episode, but just tell us a little bit about what Reet Yorkshire Food is and does and what your produce is. Reet Yorkshire Food is a, man, a manufacturer of uh, jams, chutneys, marmalades, relishes, um, basically all in one jar size of 340 grams. Um, targeting, starting off really with targeting, targeting markets and uh, food shows and events, um, looking to put into more high-end delis and garden centres, um, potentially the Selfridges and the John Lewis of this world, steering clear of the multiples and, and, and the mass market. Okay, I mean, the multiples of mass market is a very different dynamic, isn't it, in terms of that? We'll explore a bit maybe about the, the independents and the farmers' markets and that kind of stuff. I think from what you've just said off, off air, you've come off a very busy four or five days, haven't you? Do you want to explain what the middle of last week, right through the sort of Mother's Day weekend, was all about for you? Yeah, we've carried on doing our regular markets, and there's a market on a Wednesday, Ripper Market on a Thursday, and then we did uh, Living North at York Racecourse Friday, Saturday, Sunday also sneaked in another market, Otley Farmer's Market, on the Sunday as well. So, you know, resources were a bit stretched, but uh, you, you go where the business is now. Excellent. And because you're all sort of in the Yorkshire area, is the branding of REIT Yorkshire food going down well? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's it obviously a very it's a very catchy brand, and uh, you see people walking past the stall, even if they don't stop and buy, you see them chuckling away, oh, REIT Yorkshire. And we also say have a really good day and, and little little play on play on words as they're walking past. Uh, and it is very very catchy, yeah, definitely. Good stuff. It, it has a little sort of Yorkshire connotation for those outside of Yorkshire. Have a, a perception of what Yorkshire people are and how we talk, and and people sort of uh, tag onto that as well. I would imagine. Yeah, well, I think I think Yorkshire is described as the food capital of uh, of the north. Um, so specifically, I think Malton is 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 very sort of food very prominent in food and and food markets and, and local food uh hotels and restaurants and uh and and uh, delicatessens yeah mm, good stuff okay well listen let's explore your background a little bit you've got a a lot of experience in food manufacturing you've done operations account management distribution purchasing and probably i would imagine a whole lot more if you put your cv together um how much ambition have you had to set up your own food production company and for how long have you had that ambition? I think it's always been an ambition. I, I, I've tried it once before. Uh, I had a, a brand called Real Yorkshire Food uh, and I got very established with Netto Food Stores. I was turning over 10 grand a week, paying on five days terms. Unfortunately, all my eggs in one basket, which is you know a learning curve that I'll never do again. Um, I asked to come along and buy a Netto for 750 million and uh, so unfortunately, we have our own suppliers. So that was that and cost me 350k. So that was a, an expensive learning curve. Mm. Um, and then I went, went back into the into the food industry, um, working for a couple of larger manufacturers. And um, yeah, um, 
um, sorry, a couple of larger manufacturers, and um, and decided to do it again. Really, um, was I, it catal- I the catalyst for that, Martin? Was it a catalyst for that sort of decision? Um, I was fairly and made redundant from. I joined a mother and daughter business making jams, and then that was taken over. The mother was very poorly, and um, and the, the daughter didn't want to carry on uh, on her own. So basically, they sold the business. Um, I worked for the new owners for a while, um, and then I was fairly and made redundant. And then the, the time came really it was to, to set up on my own, doing a, a similar sort of thing. But at the end of the day, it's a, it's a food business. Um, Called Reet Yorkshire Food. I'm not pigeonholed uh, into into jams, chutneys, relishes, and, uh, and that that sort of product. If it if it'll come through the door, be processed in a in a food safe way in in a five star hygiene food rating premises, and it's commercially viable. I'll have a look at it. Um, I've recently launched a couple of contract packing jobs with um, with a, a what's called a, a giardinera, which is a vegetable in rapeseed oil and vinegar, and a chili jam, which is a new product for me. It's a learning curve for me, but uh, you know she's also about to launch three chili oils. So um, expanding the business into contract manufacturing and also trying to push the own brand at the same time. Okay, I mean that's an interesting early early-ish diversity because we're going to explore the timing really um we're in a global pandemic restrictions are stop start hospitality's smashed to bits in terms of taking a big hit retail have got supply chain issues and in august 2020 you go i'll tell you what why not let's do your food sort of five months after we didn't know what we didn't know i'm gonna i've written down here Mad, opportunistic, or essential on a personal level, just to get the REAP move done. So, what was your thoughts in August 2020 when you decided, yeah, go on, then let's do it? I was still a little bit maybe redundant, and uh, I felt I felt at the time that I was unemployable due to my age, and and I really sort of felt, you know, it's it's time to work for myself. So I sort of found the premises. Uh, I had an operations manager working for me who was pretty much a pot washer in the previous business and I gave him the opportunity and the chance and he grasped it with both hands uh, and he, he was really enthusiastic and he helped me build the unit. Unfortunately, I got wiped out with COVID in um, November 2020 for six weeks whilst I'm in hospital, um, getting my head round, getting myself better, he actually died of COVID. So it was a bit of a blow to the business um, at, at that point. So I came out of hospital Christmas Eve um, Four stone lighter and ready to build a business again. And the tests confirmed I then had leukemia. So I've had a, a bit of chemo for that. Um, and touch wood, things are going in the right direction. And it should be seven to 12 years before I have to go back there. So effectively, through one reason or another, the, the, the brand isn't built as much as I would have anticipated at this stage of the business. But now we're, we're firing all cylinders. I've put five stone back on. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I feel bulletproof at the moment. And COVID itself is is effectively now just effectively a call, isn't it? So uh, I think the fear has gone out of that. The hotels are coming back. The hopefully the railways will come back. There's a lot of business there to be had um, for, for for your first class travel um, customers. I tell you what. I love that bulletproof uh, thing. You haven't put five stone back on after losing four stone, though, Martin, surely. I mean, I know people say when you lose sort of weight quickly and, and through health issues, it does it does have a, a fluctuation. But it's fair to say that you had a very sort of uh, start-stop um, 
beginning to the whole kind of uh, REIT experience. But I've been watching the business for a while and and I have certainly seen that upward curve. It's almost like a hockey stick, isn't it? You know, you had that little dip in the start and then and now you're on the upward uh, trajectory. Um, I absolutely love your brand. I like the name. The, the name's great, but the brand is really clean as well, isn't it? It's really crisp. So what was important when you established the brand and how did you come about and settle on the labelling that position in the market. It's very crowded, the sort of jams and chutneys and all that kind of thing. How did you settle on it? What did you do? And, and how did you decide to uh, stand out in that particular crowd? I think when, when I found this unit in Ripon, um, I, tried, I tried various areas to get the unit and everybody wanted like, like three months, um, three months bond and three months rent in advance. And I, I stumbled upon these units, which are brand spanking new, and um, I'm built on the end of industrial estate behind the grammar school. Nobody knows we're here. There's eight units and we've got a bit of a niche down here. We've got somebody who makes filling machines. We've got a, a laundry business, a speaker business, a cleaning business. So we've got a, a bit of a mix and we all sort of feed off each other in terms of, in terms of uh, different skill sets and use it, helping each other with, with, with each other's businesses. Um, as part of that, somebody recommended uh, a bookkeeper and somebody and the same guy next door recommended a, a, a brand management couple who at the time worked for themselves, uh, sorry, worked for another business and have now started working for themselves. Very, very um, experienced in launching brands and what works and what colours go with what. So we, we spent money with them. They designed the website. And basically, it's grown arms and legs. I've restricted my products to five jams, five marmalades, five chutneys, five relishes. Uh, eventually, I will expand them. But the cost of artwork and origination to do one or two jars when you're doing 20 at a time, you know, it's significant. Mm. Um, but we have to go with with the market and we have to adapt to the market. Um, but, you know, we're in a stage now where, we, you know, we don't, we don't want to, be all things to all men um we're happy with the with the range we've got um well you're better off being a specialist aren't you and and seen as you know those are your core products and like you say you can expand into new products you can expand into contract packaging do other things later on but i think building that following you know the loyalty that you've got at the markets and the farmers markets and you know starting to get the brand out there it, it makes sense to start with with the, the the big five as you would say you know across that range really so yeah I, it's gone down really well i know that but i want to expand expand upon food manufacture which is notoriously and quite rightly heavily regulated so how hard is it to take that idea and concept into a manufacturing facility and 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 how long did it take to set up ripon and how long did it take to go from the idea to your first production run i think with the the food experience i've got from from leaving school at 16 i've worked in sausages cheese manufacturing bacon manufacturing ham manufacturing um on the operational side and the, and the technical side and the sales side so I've, I've got a vast knowledge of experience and i know for want of a better term, I know how to please the local EHO, even if it's just by asking them what, what they think rather than what you think and, and, and get a steer on that. Um, and, and I know what's required to, to from, a, from a premises perspective in terms of, you know, your, your clean room, your dirty room, your, your, your walls and, and the structure and, 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 and the, the feel of the place, effectively. Um, I have got... Um, 
a five-star food rating from the from the local council, and we are now pushing on to get salsa accreditation, which will open more doors uh, for myself and for the contract manufacturers into you, like your John Lewis and your Selfridges and your Phoenix and 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 your bigger operators. I'm assuming some of those bigger operators have those requirements, and without them, you're not even going to get to the table, are you? Really? I would Absolutely. Imagine. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what were your biggest early challenges? We've obviously talked about the health issues and the, the horrific situation with your uh, your your partner who, who sadly passed away with COVID. And uh, you forget that to a certain extent, two years down the line, that that, that was a you know real and, and, and difficult period for, for many, many people. On the food production side, the manufacturing side, the branding side, what were the earliest challenges that you can remember going back to sort of August, September, October of that particular launch? Uh-huh. I think the challenges are, are, are more financial in terms of uh, how much it actually costs to establish the premises and, uh, and, and, and kit the place out effectively, building of the rooms and, uh, and getting the kit to do it. You know, you know, I started off with a small business loan, um, had a couple of little bits of grant funding here and there. Um, but, you know, we, we, we struggle on, but we're, we're starting to come out the other end. I think with the contract packing, it, it, it'll be a game changer. Um, it allow me to invest more into automation of uh, of jar labeling and boxing and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, and you know that's where we are. And that's the economies of scale, isn't it? I guess you know I, I've done uh, quite a bit of work with um, with World Top Brewery, who in their early days were were brewing for themselves, and over a number of years have then become a, a, a bottling and brewing uh, agent for other. Uh, sort of it's more independent breweries, which is where they started from. And that was their game changer with bottling plants and automation and that kind of stuff, I guess. Um, let's go back to your core product range. Um, they're all beautifully prepared and presented. And I've mentioned that. And I like your gift boxes that you've got that, that go with, uh, with presenting them. One of the things you mentioned off air was that you've got a, a gift box, but you put the stickers on depending upon whether it's Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas. That's just a simple idea for a small business not to be you know, beholding to packaging, isn't it really? I mean, where did that little simple idea come from? Well, to, to be fair, we, we we started off with a Christmas gift box and with three products in there and it was printed all on the outside of the box exactly what was in there. And people were sort of saying, can I take this out and put this in? Well, no, you can't because the, the actual box says what's inside the box and mm. you can't give that somebody as a present. So um, we decided then to go a plain gift box and, and have the ability to, to adapt that to, to different sort of occasions, Mother's Day, Father's Day. Uh, and the next stage from that is I'm looking at having a label printer in-house, a simple label printer that can put happy birthday and even potentially have it on the market store and you can actually put somebody's name on it. So happy birthday, Peter or Paul or whoever, and, and really try and personalise it in that respect. And it, all those little things, it's just little touches um, you know, we allow them now to do a pick and mix gift box. Um, any three marmalades, three chutneys, a chutney trio, a marmalade trio, or a jam trio, or mix and match anything. And that's because your bottles are all standard size, and therefore, from a from a point of view of looking good, sitting in the boxes and pre- presentation. And, and again, was that a deliberate? Was that a deliberate move in the early days that we're just going to do this one size of of, of bottling? Definitely, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen before where you've had three or four different sizes and it, it, I think it just confuses things and, and it also um, sort of forces you to hold more stock holding as well. Uh, mm. More labels, more packaging, more jars, more lids, more 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 of everything really. Okay. 
Well, one of the biggest challenges, anyone who watches The Apprentice will, will know this, that one of the biggest challenges with something like local food manufacturers scaling production. So um, how has the business developed in terms of volumes over the last couple of years? And, and what is it the plan in terms of being able to scale up over the next maybe 18 months, two years going forward? You know, there, there must be some issues around that. I think I think we are where we are in terms of the size of batches that we cook. Um, I think we've tried doing double and trebling the size of the batches, and I think you lose control over it. I think small batch cooking is definitely the way forward. Um, and um, sorry, somebody came in my office. He's gone now. Uh, small small batch cooking. Uh, historically. Um, in, in the jam business, we've used uh, all frozen frozen veg and frozen fruit, you know, Chinese and Polish strawberries. To do that, you have to have a massive freezer space to, uh, to have the economies of scale to buy in and absorb the transport costs of delivery. I haven't got that fridge freezer space, so that forced me into using fresh ingredients, which, with hindsight, is a great is a great thing, great move forward, because we've, we've tested the products, panel them um benchmark them against each other and the fresh is, is certainly better. Yes, there's a lot more labour intensive in terms of prepping the veg, but I've got a decent dicing machine and, and mincer now that, 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 that we can actually do that. I buy the strawberries from a local farmer, strawberries and raspberries from a local farmer, uh, the eggs from a local farmer for the lemon curd. And, and we, we think that, you know, keeping it in smaller batches, even though we've got a big cooker, smaller batches gives you more control and more consistent quality. And I guess you've got shelf life as everything. They've got sell-by dates and stuff, so you don't want to be left with stock that's running up to a, a deadline, do you, really? It's an ambient product. You know, I've worked in cooked meats with three-day shelf life. Uh, and, and apart from, I mean, frozen is obviously the dream at, at the other end of the scale. But mm. with, with this, it's an ambient product. It's, you know, it can be two-year shelf life. Uh, we're still going through shelf life testing um, to make sure it, it, it does last the, the, the two years, but we've put a year on everything now. So we've got plenty of time to, to, to use it. Okay. I know you've just uh, started working with your uh, other half, uh, uh, Alyssa, who I know really well from a, a previous role. And I know you've got some big sort of ambitions for the sales and the marketing and the brand awareness. And, and that's where Alyssa's background comes from. How do you, as a smaller business, focus your time on the balance between the need to manufacture product with the need to get out there and, and, and be regularly promoting and, 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 you know, whether it's social media, whether it's physical face-to-face -face market presence, how, how do you get that timing right to, to do the right thing? I, th I think you have to, you have to talk to every customer at least once a week. So if you're not talking to them, somebody else, somebody else is. I used to talk to Morrison's for like three hours on a Friday afternoon. And I'm thinking, well, I'm on the phone three hours, but, I think in them days you could talk about football and, and going out for a beer and, and whatever everything else. I think that the, the, the dynamics have changed within the multiples. Now all, all they want to talk about is numbers, numbers, numbers. Do you crack a funny with them and straight over their head? It, it, it's I think the personality has gone out of out of the multiple business. Um, but with your small with, with your independent chefs and independent retailers and, and um delicatessen, you can certainly build a rapport with them. Um, but it's all then about price and quality and having that point of difference um, because you know, there's a lot of players in the in the uh, in the artisan jam market. Mm. Yeah, I mean they are. The, if you, you, I mean, I would imagine even at Living North, this sort of big food and gifts um, 
event at York Racecourse, there have been three or four, if not more, others who are you're know, doing similar stuff to you. So you got to you got to build that loyalty and stand down, haven't you? Yeah, I think I think we we purposely look at certain exhibitions where we are the only jam or chutney manufacturer. I think mm. there's somebody else doing piccadilly and somebody else doing honey, but we had we had the, uh, the the spread of, uh, of 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 the range of uh, artisan uh, preserves, for want of a better term. Excellent. Okay, and and how do you think the brand loyalty and the brand awareness is going with? The likes of your, your your market stalls, the likes of your independent delis, are you getting lots of repeat customers who are, who are now, you know, reet Yorkshire food fans, as it were? Yes, I think so. Yeah, we're gaining a, a tremendous following on on um, Facebook and social media. And I think that's where Alyssa comes in, that uh, she's a social media expert. Um, obviously, we're taking two weeks out in June to get married in Zanzibar, but that's... Uh, that's a, a bit of a distraction, but with the with the technology, you know, that might be millions of miles away. I'll be honest with you, you've publicly called your wedding a bit of a distraction in a podcast episode, Martin. <laughs> I think there's going to be consequences for that phrase, young man. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got a lot going on. You've you you're looking at, at making sure you're continuing to talk to your customers, build the brand awareness, and repeat those sort of uh, touch points, as it were. Um, you mentioned exploring exciting other opportunities. Do you want to just explain on this contract packaging bit? Because I know that's a, you mentioned it being a game changer. We didn't really explore it when you said so. How does that work for a small business like you? What is contract packaging and what does it mean to you? Well, I've got the facility and I've got the jars and the lids and I've got I've got a food grade ready factory. Um, basically, it will come in one door and be commercially viable to, to be cooked and, and uh, processed and out the other door. Then, then it works. I mean, a lot of people don't want to get their hands dirty in terms of manufacturing side, but they're quite happy to sell their own brand and they know what they want. Um, but it's, it's having the having the skill set and the confidence to 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 basically turn their idea into into a product. Um, and I'm looking for more contract packing. I've got a couple of chutney, chutney manufacturers from London uh, going to come up soon to visit the factory and and, and try and uh, try and do some business there. So you mentioned chili oil being one of them. Uh, is that someone extracting the oil from chilies and then putting it, jarring it, and making it into a, a shelf product? Is that is that as simple as it sounds? It's basically it is it's chilies and and a minced vegetable for want of a better term, um, in 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 um, rapeseed oil. Um, the the chili itself, the, the mixture itself is cooked and then it sits in the bottom two thirds of the jar with the oil uh, as, a, as, a, as a topping effectively. Um, but we've got three of those, a Korean, a Indian and a Italian. Hmm. And are these popular, are these popular food types to those particular markets? You know, as in Italians would see that on a shelf, like the sea pesto is just a natural thing. You know, they would see that on a shelf and say, "That's we're used to buying that." Is that kind of what you're looking at then? I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's not my brand, but I won't be marketing those products. But the Giardinera is is vegetables in rapeseed oil and vinegar, and apparently that's that's that, that comes as a side dish all over Italy, hmm. albeit it was it was invented in Chicago. So. <laughs> With with multicultural customers in in the UK, um, I think yeah, you, you you're sending it into certain retailers who, who who have that customer base. 
Mm. I mean, there's a lot of specialist Italian delis and stuff, isn't there, around? And, uh, you know, that in itself would be a, a good shelf space for that particular customer. Definitely. You don't you don't really care as long as that customer's got customers themselves because they'll just need your, your, your contract packaging services, won't they? Yeah, I mean, the bottom, the, the, the beauty of contract backing is you, you pay, you, you charge them X works. Once it leaves your door, you get paid and you're not standing the credit for, for all your, for, the, for their retailers, effectively. Yeah, good stuff. Okay. So let's go back over the journey of the last two, two and a bit years. Well, no, two years or so. What have you learned about yourself over the course of the launch and, and development of Reet Yorkshire Food? You come from a proper food operational background have you been on a journey yourself is it different as the business owner and the person developing the brand what have you learned about martin bennett i've learned about my adaptability really and and um i knew it was always there but i, th- I think my drive and enthusiasm to grow this business and and uh i, s- I see it as a as a 10-year plan to to retirement effectively um, I've experienced. I've had, I have the experience in other business that that's grown from startup to to selling for twenty million. So I, I know the opportunities are there. If I, if I've got a spread of customers and I'm not, you know, obviously not pigeonholed and uh, nobody's name above my door, um, I, I'll have a business that that's viable and sellable within ten years, hopefully. Yeah. That um, netto, that netto lesson, quite a one to learn, isn't it? Because it makes the business less saleable, ironically, even though you've got regular contract, but because it, because of the danger of that all eggs in one basket. Yeah. So this is about diversification, spreading the uh, spreading the REIT Yorkshire love, I guess, is it, across as many customer touch points as possible? Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what does that look like? Let's pan forward. Let's assume we've broken the back of this pandemic, and like you say now, it, it, you know, it's nowhere near... Um, the impact it was having in the early days. Let's say we get another couple of clear years. Where do you reckon you're going to be in terms of towards that 10-year plan? Because you're going to have to have stepping stones, aren't you? Are we talking about taking on staff? Are we talking about increasing the size of the, 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 the unit? Are we talking about, you know, what 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 is what does the immediate future look like for you, Martin? I think I have to sweat the asset here. Um, I'm currently on probably cooking three days a week. You know, there's seven days in a week. There's potential of three shifts in a day, um, 24 hours a day, three eight-hour eight shifts. So I've got a lot of capacity here. Mm. Um, if I can put automation into the, the lidding and labelling side, um, then, you know, I won't, I won't massively increase my labour bill um, by too much, but I will cost it in how much labour is into each project that I take on. Uh, and with the shelf life, it allows me to produce in longer runs and, and basically put more stock on the shelf and, and produce longer on, on one variety, which is less cleaning of the cookers and less cleaning down of, 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 of the day-to-day facility. So I guess that's operational efficiency at its best, isn't it, really? Massively, yes, definitely, yeah. Okay, and, and that puts pressure on Elissa then to go out and sell all those jars that you've made that are extra on the two and three shifts and the you know extra batches and things so uh, is she up for the is she up for the for the task is she yeah definitely yeah so, i mean she's, she's still on she's been in with me three weeks now so she's got a week left of her probation i haven't signed a contract yet but uh, <laughs> um yeah um we, we, we make a good team uh, in in uh, in our personal life and and hopefully that will transpire into, into our working life 
Um, but we're in the fortunate position where at the moment people are coming to us um, to stock our products. They're hearing good things about our products. And, um, you know, quality is number one. If it's not right, it doesn't go out the door. We're not cutting any corners. Mm. I, I do love the bravery of a Yorkshireman who's also already called his, his wedding a distraction and has now publicly said that his wife's on four-week probation in the new role. I'm loving I'm loving how reet that feels, Martin. <laughs> so, brave man. I think uh, distraction, distraction was a distraction to the business, not, not a distraction for me. Oh, too late to qualify, I'm afraid, man, uh, my friend. So, um, <laughs> anyway, so going back to an earlier question, looking back on, on where you are now, is it, it does it feel mad opportunistic or are you now just backing yourself to be successful does it feel like it was the right move at the right time and it's working it definitely feels like the right time now i think now now the gloves are off in terms of the covid and the restrictions and uh, and uh, the, the the um Well, you've got your health issues back, haven't you? You're back to full glory in, in terms of that, apart from the five-stone extra. <laughs> yeah, 15-7 now, so I came out of the hospital 11 stone. But wow. now the now the, uh, the leisure market's coming back. I mean, we're, the, it's not just about retail jars. It's about, you know, the, the chefs and the delis behind the uh, the restaurants and, um, and the garden centres and the coffee shops and the cafes that are all flourishing, to be fair. I've seen, I've seen a massive uplift. Certainly with the weather last week, that made a difference. Obviously, we're coming into warmer climbs now and, and hopefully, you know, the gloves are off and let's go for it. Well, I think the clock's going back and then we've got Easter and there's a natural sort of... I think the staycation thing last year, you know, will have helped if people's attitude is, well, actually, I enjoyed my holidays in the UK last year, let's stay. You need all those sort of independent, like you say, little cafes and farm shops and and drop-in places that people are out when they're on, on a walk and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, long may that continue, really. Um, so what's next in terms of you've got your core, you've got your core five. Do you want to tell us what your core sort of uh, products are then? You mentioned uh, you mentioned lemon curd. That's that's a fabulous product, lemon well, curd. We've got farm, five marmalade, thin cut, thick cut, a free fruit, an orange and ginger, and an orange and whiskey. And the three through orange, lemon and grapefruit is, is probably the best seller in there. Uh, right. And we've got five jams, strawberry and champagne, plum and port, black, blackberry and apple, um, a strawberry and a raspberry. Um, they, they, you know, it's something different, really. It's something with a bit of, bit of an edge rather than just a, your bog standard flavours. Five chutneys, apricot and ale, um, orchard apple chutney, harvest chutney, um, a couple of others, and then five relishes, a tomato relish with mustard seeds, a piccalilli, um, a red onion relish. But all these all these are made in, the relishes are all made in small pans and they're, they're basically nurtured, like lemon curd. You can't, you can't mass produce lemon curd. You have to, you have to treat it with, uh, with love and respect. Yep. You have to give you have to give it some reet Yorkshire love then, do you, to get you it do, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Excellent. I mean, there's other there's other things like lime curd and various other ones that. So, have you got any have you got any immediate plans to add to that range, or are you going to just continue to develop the you know, the, the the strength of those? I think we want to be asked for like a lime curd and an orange curd. That, that's probably the next one to expand the range of curds. Um, at the moment, we're focusing on getting the the. Uh, the contract packing job, right? Um, get a few orders under our belt. Um, 
it gives us the, the, the chance to then um, spend some money on expanding the brand. I tell you what, Martin, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. you you're an inspiration for, for many who, you know, despite the fact that there was such an early setback, you know, massive setback to the business with your health and, and the sad loss of your partner, and then obviously you try to work through COVID, you've, you've, you've shared with us some really insightful things around, as I say, changing your life one jar of jam or chutney at a time. And, and it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, for those who are regular uh, um, uh, watchers or, or observers of the impact sessions, you'll see on the screen where you can access that. It's on all of the usual popular pl uh, podcast platforms like iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play, et cetera, et cetera. If you consume this by audio, as many do, then those uh, that information will be in the show notes. My contact details as podcast host are on the next screen, as indeed a, a Martin's. If you're looking to expand your range of foods or independent support for you know, contract food manufacturers, et cetera, then it could, you could do a lot worse than talk to a, a plain speaking Reet Yorkshireman from Reet Yorkshire Foods. Martin, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure to share my experience and, and welcome you and share the journey. Um, I'm really looking forward to the next stage. Thank you, Excellent. Nick. Good luck with your health going forward and, and good luck with your distracting wedding. Hope I don't put too much weight on. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, mate. See you later. Thank you. Cheers.